Welcome to the Nonprofit Storytelling Podcast. Each episode, we bring you storytelling advice, insights from nonprofits, and so much more. I'm your host, Heather Loveridge, and I'm founder of Magnolia Media Group, an agency focused on helping nonprofits tell their story well. Thanks for joining us, and here we go with another great episode. Welcome, everybody. We are um, have the Magnolia Media Group team here together. We try to get together on a monthly basis. Um, and so we've got Elizabeth here and Brooke and then Sarah, who's joining us all the way from snowy Maine, which I think it's snowy. Is it snowy, Sarah? A little tiny bit. It is. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, so we just wanted to bring you kind of a fun Christmassy New Year's holiday-ish uh, podcast today and give you some tips and tricks to use going into 2022 and also introduce you to our team um, because we haven't done a team podcast yet. And so we're just going to spend the next few minutes bringing you some fun um, and informative information. So I'm going to toss it over to Sarah first. And Sarah, just do a brief intro um, and tell you know, our listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, I've been part of the Magnolia team for about seven years. And before that, um, I, well, I've been writing professionally for close to 20 years, I think. Um, I started out working um, with, uh, working at local newspapers right out of college and then off and on um, working for the newspapers after I had my kids. And then um, I got to work with Heather um, and I just love working with Heather because it, I, we can do all sorts of variety of things. It's, it's just been a great opportunity for me. And I love it, especially because we go way back, all the way back to college and being in the right. same um, major together. So that was really mm-hmm. fun to reconnect after all those years. And so, yeah. and Sarah's our senior storyteller and um, does amazing work with all our nonprofit stories, many of our nonprofit stories, um, and also has a great eye for design and helps with uh, Canva templates and um, various things that we need there too. And so we also have Elizabeth who just pointed at Brooke, but I already said your name. So you get to go next. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Gaines. I have been working with Magnolia for a little over two years now, and I serve as our project manager slash people person slash making sure, you know, everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I love working with our team. We have a fantastic group of women who are each extremely talented. And I love working with our clients. Our clients have such unique and wonderful stories to tell. And we love getting to partner with them and help reach more people, help them tell their story well. Um, And I am just looking forward to working, hopefully, with new clients this coming year as well. That's right. Not hopefully. We will. We are. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, Brooke, tell us about you. Hi, I'm Brooke. I am a recent college graduate, Woo-hoo! so I now have a business degree with a concentration in marketing. So this kind of works exactly for what I'm doing now. Um, Heather brought me on while I was in school, and I just started doing some writing stuff, which I've always enjoyed. So it's really good to be able to use that now for something that's doing so much good um, in our community. And like the others have said, our team is just amazing. Um, such wonderful, kind ladies that I've gotten to learn from all these years now. Um, and then personally, I have two sisters and two dogs that I love. Um, I also do art. You can find me at brookcreator.com. And uh, yeah, good times. Happy to be here. 
I think Heather needs to introduce herself if we have any po- if you have any new podcast listeners. Oh, that's right. I will. Well, I'm Heather Loveridge, and I'm the founder and chief storyteller of Magnolia Media Group. Um, and kind of like Sarah, I had a long history um, as a writer and editor uh, in the magazine world, and then started adding more clients and branched into uh, more of the marketing realm, and then discovered that nonprofits was really where my heart was and is. And so Magnolia Media became primarily focused on helping nonprofits tell their story well. And so we've grown over the years. And like Sarah said, she was one of the original team members. And then we added Brooke and then we brought on Elizabeth. Um, And then we've got some great uh, contractors or freelancers that we also work with for various things if we need to pull in, you know, video or web design or a different kind of graphic design. So we have been really fortunate to have the core team that we have, plus the people that, who help make all the magic happen, um, you know, in, in various capacities. So we all love what we do, like I said, and we all love working together and are really, I think sometimes the word blessed gets overused, but I'm going to use it anyway, just really blessed to have the people that we have and, and the clients that we do. And so speaking of clients um, and just nonprofits in general, we just want to give you guys, like I said earlier, some things to use going into 2022. And so I'm going to start off with um, one thing that I think is key for any nonprofit, and that is just uh, simple. It sounds simple. The word is simple, but planning. But it's not simple in reality. Um, and so I know that you know many nonprofits are are strapped for time. Their you know their budgets are tight. Their staffing is tight many times. And so when it comes to marketing, planning is many times put on the back burner. Um, but it is it is key to being able to achieve your goals, to do what you want to do and do it well. Um, and it's something you have to make time for. And so I know right now is busy, but if you have time, you know, in the kind of the lull between Christmas and New Year's or right after New Year's, which sometimes is even more of a lull because people are just trying to get back in the swing of things, you know, set aside an afternoon or a morning and just think about what do you want to accomplish for 2022? What do you need to do to uh, make all that happen? You know, who do you need to reach out to? Is it, are there some volunteers that you can top, tap into that have a marketing background? Do you have somebody on your board that can help you with that? You know, does it look like freeing up some budget to pull some, uh, you know, professional help in and, and paying for that? Uh, just whatever it looks like um, to make that happen. And so just think about, you know, what are the top two or three things that you want to accomplish? You want your marketing to accomplish for your nonprofit in 2022. Um, you know, think through kind of what you've done in the past that has worked well, as far as, you know, what hasn't worked well. Um, And then just, you know, again, like I said, who are the people that can make, help you make that happen? So don't forget about planning. It's really easy just to be like, oh, we need to, you know, start doing posts on Instagram, somebody make it happen. But before you do that, just take a step back and go, okay, is that really the right platform to be on? If we're going to be on there, who's going to be handling? What's the plan? You know, what kind of content are we going to put out there? Um, all what kinds do you of want to accomplish with it? Right. What, you, what do you want to accomplish with it? How are you going to measure whether that's successful or not? Um, so all of that planning that goes into it. And so and I know Elizabeth has some thoughts as well. Um, so I'm going to toss the mic over to her. I know. Yes, I have some thoughts on it. Um, as you're working on your plan and as you're thinking about the stories that you want to highlight in the coming year, there's one fa- piece, foundational piece that I want to make sure you try to incorporate into all of your storytelling, whether it's on social, whether it's in your newsletter, whether it's 
um, and donor relation letters, whatever, make sure that you're consistent in telling the who, what, where, why, how, those five W's and the one H. So who you are, who you're serving, why you're doing what you're doing, where you're doing it, what you're doing to serve the the people or the community or whatever. Um, and then the how, how you're, you're doing all these things. The more that you can tell who you are, the motivation for who, why you're doing what you're doing is going to help differentiate you and also um, give the donors, volunteers, supporters, employees a very clear sense of, of who you are and where you're going. Um, just make sure that that message is, is clear and established and then it can be something that you use to stitch together in all of your storytelling pieces. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what would you add? What would be your, your advice for our nonprofits? Um, I, I guess I would just add, um, that when you're developing your plan for a story, uh, for sharing your story, just to make sure that, um, your overall, you know, whether you're sharing on social, whether you're sharing in your blog, that you make sure that you don't, that you, you are sharing it, um, from a donor perspective, that everything, it's so easy to slip into, um, a routine, I guess, of sharing, say, you know, uh, a message that looks strictly, you know, you, you want to share your story, but that you, it's very easy to share, oh, we need this help from you. We, we have this going on. We, we are doing this right now. We, 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 that's something, you know, it's very internally focused, but when you want to cultivate the donor and you want to reflect what is happening with the people you're helping, you really need to have it donor focused and make it about what's going on, what, what you're doing, what you're accomplishing outside of your organization. So um, I guess you, with that storytelling, you just want to flip the script a little bit, just look at what you're saying and just kind of turn it around and say, um, you know, like with a donation, uh, donation post or whatever, just say, thank you. So-and-so this is what you've accomplished with this. You've accomplished. We have shared, you know, you have with your donation, you've made X amount of meals happen or, you know what I mean? Just turn your script around and make it happen from a donor's perspective, how, how they are making something happen. Not necessarily how you are doing all these things. You know what I mean? As your organization, um, just look at everything through the eyes of your donors and how they are changing lives, how they are accomplishing really amazing things by being involved in your organization. And if you make them the center of what's happening, it, it just helps cultivate that really great feeling, that great sense of accomplishment with your audience, because ultimately that's the audience you're trying to reach with your storytelling. Um, and at the same time, you are also telling the story of what's happening and what you're accomplishing with your organization's work. Yeah, I love that because that's what Donald Miller says, like make your audience the hero. Like how yeah, can they picture exactly. themselves in your story? Because um, I love that you bring that because we do see that time and time again, like look at me, I'm the great nonprofit and I've done, mm-hmm. you know, we've done this and done this and done this and then you know, your donors or volunteers or supporters are like, okay, but where's me in this story? Right. How do I fit in there? And it's so hard sometimes to picture yourself in that story. But if you just 
give yourself a minute to think about it and flip that script, it's very easy for them to see how they can fit in there and how they can be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not super hard to do either. It just takes, like you said, you have to... A little bit of planning, like you said. <laughs> That's right. It all goes together and it's back to Elizabeth's, you know, five whys as well. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, Brooke, what advice do you have for our nonprofits? So the first thing that came to mind for me was keep your your messaging and your story genuine to your organization. Don't feel like you have to sound just like, you know, the nonprofit down the street. You mm-hmm. can do you can do your own thing while still following best practices. They're going to make you stand out in the way you want to. Um, I don't know. That's kind of quick and concise, but that's really the thoughts I had on it. What you're saying is you do you. That's right. You do you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that, well, and that goes back to knowing who you are as a nonprofit right. and knowing your voice. And so you can always gather ideas from other other nonprofits, other businesses, other, you know, people whatsoever, but you have to make it your own. Um, Cause people will very quickly like that in, in, oh, this is probably not the word I want, but the inauthenticity, the fakeness mm-hmm, yeah. will come through mm-hmm. and they'll be like, that just doesn't resonate, resonate with who I see. And I would say too, especially because everything has been virtual for quite a while mm-hmm. now, I think people are kind of tiring of, feeling like they they know what to expect maybe. So if you can do something that's different, it's going to make you stand out that much more now mm-hmm. than even in the past, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point too, because we have been so... I mean, it was the digital world before the pandemic, but that just, you know, we went over the cliff as far as everything went that way. Everything went online. And so, I mean, I think about all the emails that I get now yeah. all the time. And so what's going to make your nonprofit stand out, um, which also makes me think about um, fundraising. And so, cause, and I'm going to uh, pull in Elizabeth on this too, and probably Sarah, um, because, you know, working with nonprofits, we have gained a lot of knowledge in the area of fundraising because that storytelling, that marketing goes hand in hand with that too. So when you're thinking about 2022, which also goes back to planning, you should be thinking about right now, What's your fundraising plan for the year? What stories can you pull out? And how can you make, like Brooke said, make yourself sound authentic and tell that story that's going to resonate and not just be another nonprofit going, hey, you know, please give us $100. Please give us, you know, X amount of money. Please spend all your free hours volunteering here um, because people just tune that out. So, um, you know, when it comes to fundraising in 2022, uh, Elizabeth, any, any quick advice that comes to mind? Yeah, the first one that comes to mind is just, again, being strategic, focusing on what is going to be worth your time and energy and effort. Um, You know, we have very predictable fundraising efforts, like with Giving Tuesday that everybody knows about, but it may not be the most effective for you to focus on just one day. You want to have a plan in, in terms of your fundraising, or maybe you focus some of your efforts during a time period when there's fewer voices to compete with and fewer messages to compete with. And you, I would say, don't just expect fundraising to happen on its own. You, there needs to be a plan, just as Heather had said, Mm -hmm. and um, intentionality and thinking through all the details and make a plan and actually write it out. So I know I'm going to focus in April of this year. And this year we're going to try to get secure a a fundraising match for X amount. And we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to, write a bunch of emails and this is when they're going to go out. We're going to write social media posts and this is what they're going to focus on. And um, 
just as far as fundraising goes, have a plan and try something new. Try something that you haven't tried before. Um, really think through options you've never explored before, whether it's engaging a board member to to go, you know, do something crazy, um, whether you um, partner with another community member, like maybe you have a fundraiser through a church, whatever it is, just make sure that you are strategic about it and have a plan to achieve it. Um, some of our clients that have had the most success are ones where things are mapped out well ahead of time um, and it, you weren't winging it at the last minute. That causes stress and that usually leads to just disappointment. So um, the other point I would say is start with the end in mind and then work backwards. So in January, think, okay, we're going to try to have a, we're going to try to raise X amount of funds this year. In order to do that, we know that these are key times for giving. Maybe we can come up with something new that we haven't done before or incorporate or expand upon the things that we have been doing and doing them well. Um, The last piece is don't, spread yourself thin. Make sure that you focus on a few key events and then do them well. And then once they're being done well, see what you can add to the mix. But don't try every single thing and then be disappointed when it doesn't go out, it doesn't pull together as well as you're hoping. Right. Yeah. That's just not a good use of resources or time or anything. Um, What juice is worth the squeeze? Right, right. And then kind of along those lines, and we're giving, you know, you guys just kind of a, a smorgasbord of ideas and, mm-hmm. and advice. Um, but Sarah, when it comes to a great story that resonates, like, what do you think, what do you know, because we've done this for a while, what do you know makes a great story? So so what can our listeners be looking for um, when they're going about their day-to-day work so that they can recognize, oh, that's a great story in the making and I need to capture it? Um, well, somebody who's experienced what, what your, what your organization can do, someone who's lived it and experienced it and benefited from what your organization does every day, I guess is, well, I don't know, I guess that's all it would be. <laughs> the life change. Yeah. Yeah. The life change. The I was going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can see that direct so, you know, I'll, I'll pick on one of our, our client, not pick on, but just show them as an example who um, is a uh, transitional housing for homeless kids and their moms. And so the stories that resonate really well with their audience are the moms and their kids who have made it all the way through their program um, and are now, you know, successfully employed. They've got savings in the bank. They're either renting an apartment or, you know, some of them have gone on on to own their own home. And those are the stories yeah. that really make an impact. I would say stories of transformation. Yeah. They're not long, involved, complicated stories. They're just people telling, this is what I experienced and this is how it helped. It's just A to B kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, can I say one thing? I think the- <laughs> yes. Um, no, I'm going to say no while we're on here. No, Elizabeth, stop talking. I feel like transformation stories are really impactful because we can all relate to that. We may not always be able to relate to one person's experience, um, but stories of transformation. We are always changing as people. We are always facing some kind of hardship, and we're always trying to overcome that hardship. And those stories are ones that connect because it connects with our human condition. So um, 
I think that's why the the mom stories are and the mom and kid stories are so make such an impact is because you can understand um, what they're going through as people because mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. as of a different experience you you get it you right. get it right the challenge the struggle in their shoes triumph mm-hmm. yeah yeah Brooke would you add anything to that because you have have become a good storyteller yourself and written quite a few stories over these past few years I guess I have. <laughs> I don't know, even if it's not somebody who's been impacted, which I do agree, those are those are always big, but those who work in the organization, either on staff or as mm-hmm. volunteers, they've seen so much more and can maybe even pull out different pieces of those stories of impact that, I don't know, they might not have thought to say or something that they have experienced, you know, life change in their own lives as a volunteer that, you know, I was going through a hard time and being able to help other people put me in a better position. So I agree that it kind of comes down to, I don't know, making storytelling the center, I guess. Everybody knows that it's important and they're all looking for ways to tell the stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. I often say, especially when doing uh, webinars or in-person workshops, like you have to make storytelling part of your culture Mm -hmm. so that everybody from your board to your volunteers, like they're just looking where are the story and they can recognize them and just, you know, make that a part of your day to day. So I want to ask you a question about that, Heather. Okay, go for it. Okay. So that sounds so great. You know, you want to make storytelling part of your culture, but what are some actionables that people could do to actually implement that at, at their nonprofit? Well, that starts from the top down. So that has to, whether you have an executive director, you know, CEO, whoever it is at the top, like that has to be forefront on their mind is something that reminding, you know, whether it's in staff meetings or board meetings or volunteer meetings. Um, you know, I think about another client, uh, you know, Randy at the Community Foundation, who is great about getting this across that storytelling has to be a part of our culture, you know. And did you did you have an interaction with someone and you learned something about them? You're like, oh, maybe that makes a great story. Um, so again, it's it's it starts from the top down and just making that front of mind all the time. So mm-hmm. reminders, whether that's weekly, whether that's monthly of just, hey, please be on the lookout. These are the kind of stories we're looking for, you know, and I mean, you can drill down to the minutia and, you know, we're going to create an email stories at such and such nonprofit and you can send your ideas to here, or maybe there's a point person on staff. I mean, so you can, you know, drill down to those details as well. But again, it just starts from mentioning it over and over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, like I said, whether that's a board meeting and you've got a board toolkit that, you know, gives them some tips and tricks for looking for stories. Um, just, yeah. So sometimes I'm that, go, back. Oh, oh, go ahead, cool. Sarah. <laughs> sometimes that feels really intimidating though, like mm-hmm. harvesting these stories and um, putting together these long involved blog posts or collecting even stories of people whose lives have been impacted. But I think it can really start on a basic level, you know, a uh, storytelling can be one impactful picture that shows mm-hmm. how your people are being helped or storytelling can be just mm-hmm. a quote from somebody whose heart was touched by something you did, or, you know, storytelling can be like a little chunk of a, of a social, of a comment on social. Mm-hmm. And then you, you show that on your Facebook in a, you know, in a graphic or something. Storytelling has all these little facets that aren't necessarily a long blog post that you spent like a couple hours, Mm -hmm. like 
collecting and curating and writing, you know what I mean? And interviewing, that's not necessarily, I mean, that is amazing to have. And you can use that in multiple, multiple ways after you spent all those hours on it. But that's not always every single time the pinnacle of storytelling. Storytelling has all these different facets that, like you're saying, the culture of storytelling has to be cultivated and because it has all these different pieces that you can use and create in your company to share how many people are being helped. And it doesn't always every single time have to be a long or lengthy, Mm. something that takes a lot of hours to create and collect. It can be little pieces that you share in different ways, you know? Yeah, that's a very, very great point. Um, Elizabeth, what were you going to add well, to that? I was going to say, not everybody comes to the table with a, you know, the background in writing or communications or even business management. Is it business management, Brooke? Business in general. Business in general. Most people are not nat- naturally geared towards the elements of what makes good story. And Sarah just sort of extrapolated for us. It doesn't just have to be a well-written article or a well-written blog post. It's going to be a mixture of photos, a mixture of quotes that you get, a mixture of, you know, maybe short videos on a Saturday where you're serving people, whatever it looks like. Just know that there needs to be intentionality about showing what you're doing and hitting those five W's and one H. Um, and the other point I was going to to bring up is even if you're not naturally geared towards st- storytelling, you can still have a culture of storytelling by just being aware, being aware of why you're doing what you're doing and then wanting other people to know about it. Yeah. And, and even so while we're talking about this, I thought of... Um, a nonprofit here in the community that during the pandemic when they were doing uh, their food co-op and when they were doing um, drive-through food dis- distribution, the executive director um, noticed the mom and her son and the son had his graduation cap and gown with them. And so she started talking to them and he had gone to pick it up, um, his his cap and gown, uh, because he wasn't able to have an actual graduation. So in that moment during that drive through line, she had him get out. She had the volunteers uh, collect some gift cards they'd already been given and they did a mini graduation ceremony and she, she captured him on video and put that on social media of him. Like they pulled up, I think they pulled up pop and circumstance on a phone or something, played that, you know, had him walk, um, presented him with, I think they'd also had pizzas delivered the other day. So they presented him with the pizza plus all these gift cards and it was so touching and it was simply, you know, a video with a little bit of copy on social media that was just so impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, so even things like that, yeah, it doesn't have to be this, oh my gosh, I have to plan out the next 12 months of everything and, you know, get everybody on board. Though that would be awesome if it, you did. <laughs> we would love that. Yes, we would love that. But sometimes it is that just be on the lookout, yeah. like be the person Organic. who notices the kid sitting in a car with a graduation cap and gown in his lap and mm-hmm. go, which also goes back to a great point is be curious because if you're curious then you notice all those things that you might otherwise just kind of gloss over. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, a huge part of storytelling is curiosity. Um, And even if you aren't have, you don't aren't a storyteller or that isn't part of who you are, you still know what touches your heart and whatever touches your heart, it's going to reach other people and other people are going to feel that same way. Your donors are going to feel that same way. 
your, you know, that's what your audience is going to relate to. Yes. Yep. I love that. I think that's a good place to to end today's um, episode. And that's a wrap on this episode of the Nonprofit Storytelling Podcast. For show notes or to learn more about Magnolia Media Group and how we help nonprofits, please visit us at magnoliamedia.group. We'll be back next time with more storytelling insight you can use.